Welcome to tonight's Shia, Moses Shabbos, Pasha's Childus. And so we'll go straight into a, something very interesting viewer, not our question, Halacha, which I came across this week. We have on Shmini Atzeres and on, on Shmini Atzeres on Mus, at Musaf, when we switch over to start saying we have a poem in Musaf, in the repetition of Musaf, and it's attributed to Belezer Aliri, and the there's a whole uh, there's six stanzas here, and they correspond to the first one is referring to Avram Avinun Ovnim Shachacharechachamayim, the second one is Yitzchok who was born by the Besayer of Yukav Nomatmayim, the third one is Yaakov who crosses the the uh, water the Yarden with his um, staff. This fourth one is Moshe Rabbeinu, drawn from, in, in a basket from the water. And we have the fifth one is Ya'aren, who travels in, in the, uh, as a Korean god, travels seven times, on, on, on five times on, on Yom Kippur. And then we've got the, the yeah, 12 Shvotim, who were, um, they were de delivered across uh, the, the Yamsuf in tunnels of water. The question which uh, is which was asked is, we see that there's the chorus. It looks like the original idea was that the chazan would say the main stanza and the, the congregation would respond with the, call it a chorus if you want, and would say, here they would say, here they would say, so we have, it alternates. One time the, the response is Altimna Moyim, and the other one is Choyn Chashras Moyim. So what's the what's the logic there? What's going on there? So there's this sefer which uh, written about um, about 170 years ago, or uh, no, no, this this sefer was printed off of Ayn Dalad. So it's printed more than 200 years ago, and he has the following fascinating explanation. He says. When we talk about a a concern about the provision of water, there could be two types of concern. There could be that we are pleading in case Hashem had originally allocated that there would be a bracha of water, abundance of water, and there may be some reason that we we that that we um, have merited, if that's the right word, that it should be discontinued. That there shouldn't be a provision of water. So we're asking that Hashem should not withhold the provision of water which had been allocated already. It could be the other way around. There could be that there had been a decree that there shouldn't be a provision of water. And then the, the, the plea is that if there had been such a decree, that the decree should be overturned. And there should be, nevertheless, there should be a provision of water. So again, is the there could be a plea that if there had been a, a bracha for water, that, that bracha should not be withdrawn. There could be the other way around. There's a bracha uh, that, that there had not been allocated, and we're asking to overturn that, that there should be a bracha nevertheless. And so now let's look at these six stages of characters, etc., tzaddikim. So we have those who had an experience with, with challenges with water, and they prevailed in tefillah, and they were, and, and the uh, the challenge was overcome, and water was provided. 
Then we have those who had no challenge with water, and whether it's Sadiqim. So Avram Avinu, we don't see any experience in his life that there was a shortage of water. I know there was a family went down, but we don't see that he had a shortage of water per se. And therefore, we say, okay, in the Schus of Avram, Bavuro Altim Namoim. There's been allocated water in the Schus of Avram. There's that, that allocation should not be withdrawn. Yitzchok, by contrast, had a, a parasha with the, with, the, with the wells, which we talk about this week in the Sedra. And so there, were, there, there was a, a business that he was seeking water. And he succeeded in getting water. So therefore, in the merit of Yitzchok, so therefore there should be a provision of water, even if there are challenges. We go to Yaakov. Yaakov does not have a, a problem with a shortage of water. And so in his chos we say, that the, the water should be, the brocha should remain, that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be withheld. Then we have Moshe Rabbeinu, so he does have a challenge with water. There's a time when the people, the Idnas, are, are um, short of water, and they are and they are thirsty. And then there's a whole story with the rock. And so, in his merit, we should you should give us water, nevertheless, even though there was a challenge. Later, we go to Aaron Akoin again. We don't see him having to deal with a shortage of water. And therefore, and then we have the Shvotim, when they come to a place where there was uh, the water was was um, was bitter, and then that they were there was they were challenged water wise. Therefore, we ask them that we ask in their merit that they, if there is a challenge and there has been decreed there shouldn't be water, Hashem should provide um, water in abundance. I mentioned that before that Avram, there was a, a famine in his time, but we don't see that he had a particular dealing with overcoming. He doesn't, he doesn't solve the water problem, whereas Yitzchak does, Moshe Rabbeinu does, and so do the Shvotim. Well, with Moshe, with the um, with the uh, story with the bitter water. Okay, let's let's move on. And in the Sefer there also discusses the difference why you say sometimes Bavuroi, sometimes a Betzidko, but I don't want to go into that. Um, I just This is a Pashat um explanation. Okay. Now, I often daven at the Omid, not because, not only because I love davening at the Omid, but I like that things should be on time. And so, uh, so I go to the Omid. And then it's a weekday shacharis, and I um, looking around. We start saying Kaddish Rabbonon. There's a letter of the Friedrich Rebbe printed in Sefer, in Sefer Mamorim Top Shintes later in the Igris about the importance of saying the Kaddish Rabbonon before davening. Okay, so I start saying Kaddish, and then as I've just said the first sentence, then someone in the back starts saying Kaddish. So he's a chiyu, but he. Uh, I didn't know that he's a chiyu, whatever, he starts saying Kaddish. So now, do I have to finish the Kaddish which I've started, or can I just stop short, let him continue? This is my dilemma. So I just came across a Gemara, Bahashgoha uh, Protis, in Gemara, the Brochus And, well, but let's start a similar Gemara, similar Loshan, is in Gemara, in Kutainas Dav 
So in Tainas Avchoches, it talks about Halil on Rosh Chodesh. So it tells, tells us the story. Rav comes to Bobel. He lived first in Eretz Yisrael. He comes to Bobel, and he sees that they're saying Halil on Rosh Chodesh. Never heard of such a thing. So he had considered to stop them. But then he saw that they are skipping parts. So he said, ah, I see that there's, that there's some, you know, the Minagav is saying, there's, evidently there's been someone who had considered whether to, how to introduce it. And Dafkin not saying the full halal to differentiate between that and the days when we say halal as a duty, as a chiv. And so, all right. So he sees that it's, you know, it's, it's a responsible decision here, not just out of ignorance. And then it finishes off, Tono, we learned in Ebrei, Yochid lo yaschil. So although there is a custom of saying halal and rashkaidesh, but a yochid should not be in his skill goimer. If he did start, then he should finish off. So I'm not going to go into the whole halacha of halal and rashkaidesh, and there's a whole thing with the Alter Rebbe about um, being yotzer from the chazan, etc., etc. Written that in about in, in the Siddur, there's a lot of discussion about that. But I'm just picking up on this thing, this idea. Don't you, you shouldn't begin, but if you began, you finish the unit which you've started. So that's the Gemara in Tainas Dafkov Ches. Now we have here in Shugin Brochus Dalid, so we have the following story. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda says that in Marovo, that in Eretz Yisrael, at Mairi, now there's a whole question do you have to say the third parasha of Shema in the evening? Because after all, the third parsha has got to do with tzitzis, and by night is not a, there's no chiv to wear tzitzis, uh, because it says, So there was a discussion, was a, an idea whether one needs to say the third parsha. So he says, in, in Eretz Royal, in the evening, they would say the following, They just said the first part and the last three words, with the word emes afterwards. says, how, Mark, my, what's so wonderful about this? But Rav Kaunas had said in the name of Rav, in the evening, Lo yaschil, you don't, don't need to start the third parsha. But if you started the third parsha, you have to say the whole parsha. Ah, you could say that the Omarcha Alehem is only a, how you say, a preamble, it's not a beginning of the actual content. So, but Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak says, it's considered that you started. So the Rafopa says, all right, so in this point, whether Omartalim is a preamble or is a scholar, there's a machala that, that they did don't agree. Until, unless you say, but also then you already started saying the content of the Pasha. So Abai concludes, Anan we start saying because even in Marovo they also would start but then once we start then Robert said if you start then you have to finish So as we have the idea as Rav Khan in the name of Rav had said as we said before so we're seeing an identical lotion that whether it's here it's about the Shema and here it's about Halal but you don't need to start. But if you start, you finish. So I'm, I'm seeing a, svore, a similar svore here. That although I didn't have to say Kaddish, but possibly I, I might be totally wrong. And I, and I looked around and couldn't find anyone who comments on this. 
Um, but in his school, Goimer, we had a similar thing just this past week that one it was on Rosh Chodesh, and there's a fellow who's a Chiyuv, and he on Rosh Chodesh is not diving at the Yomit. At the end of a halal, so he started saying Kaddish. And then says, so no, no, it's, it's a Kaddish for the Chazan, it's not your Kaddish. So th- th- these are not the same. One was st- starting uh, Kaddish um, legitimately, and but then someone else comes in. There, perhaps you could say it wasn't his business to say Kaddish at all, so he stopped. Well, he stopped, but uh, I just find it interesting. Um to, to see the Svaras here. Right, let's move on. So now I was did now in the uh, in the, in uh, I was at Kinnas Hashluchim in New York, and uh, a couple of people, I don't know whether they had any connection with one another, asking about Kale so this is, you can see a picture from the Tilas Hashem Siddur, I think, or Torah Siddur, that on Sheni Vachamishi, on Mondays and Thursdays, after Tachnon, after Kaddish, before Kaddish, before opening the Koran Kodesh, or even Soya, we have this passage of Kehle Erechapayim. Now, has that got to do with Kriyasa Torah? In other words, if you, for whatever reason, are not davening with a minion, do you still say that passage because it is Monday and Thursday? Or has it got to do with, it's a preamble to Kriyasa Torah, like by Hebrew Zayarim? Uh, another variation of the same question, if, let's say, you're uh, one of the slower uh, daveners in the minion, and so you're in the middle of St. Tachnon, and they've opened the Goran Kodesh, and now, so do you interrupt in the middle of your sequence of uh, of Tachnon? Of course, Vahib and Soya and Vahib Shmei is, is time-sensitive, so you're going to say it then. What about Kehler Chapaim? Is it also time sensitive to be said said then or can you just leave it when you get there when you're finished uh, eventually you'll say it um where it belongs in the siddha so this is the question is it is this a, a prayer to be said on mondays and thursdays or is it a preamble to kriya satire i told them off the cuff that it's a preamble to kriya satire in the siddha in the notes which i'd written in the siddha i'd discussed this and you can see on the left that the uh, this is Written the Sefer Isha Yisroel quotes from Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Oyabach that it's a mispal b'yochid does not say keler chapayim and that it is a preamble to Kriyasa Torah. Just to um, support that, on the right side of the screen you have a, a quote from the Mate Moshe. To fill you in, the Mate Moshe is a Talmud of the Maharshal. Um, he and his Sefer is all reasons for explanations, backgrounds for in Yonim of Davening, etc. So he writes on Mondays and Thursdays, What's the significance of saying this plea at this point? So he says, because we're going to now read in the Torah, and we are aware that we have violated the Torah uh, in on some occasion, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Marich Apoy, he's uh, patient with us, with his great mercy and kindness. Therefore, as we're about to read the Torah, we say, before we start saying, reading the Torah. Fascinating. So it's, it's it's a kind of, because we're going to read the Torah, and it might be a reflection on of guilt on upon us, therefore we ask for a special filler that we should be, in, uh, we shouldn't be uh, punished, so to speak, for, for that, those violations. 
Um, but it's clearly his saying has got to do with Kriyasatara. What I remember also, and the Siddha I refer to this, is that the Abu Dharam says that this also apply, applies on a fast day. If you'd have a Asura uh, Batavis, let's say, if that would be on, on a Tuesday. So it also, it, it'd be, it'd say Keller Chapaim because it's an introduction to Kriyasatara. It's not limited to Mondays and Thursdays. It's It's got to do with, it's a preamble to Kriyasatara. Um, now, Naftali is writing here. There was once in this upstairs zaal, someone began saying Kaddish at the wrong time. People tried to shush him, and the Rebbe says, Lozim Endekin, let him finish off uh, the Kaddish. Yes, uh, thank you for reminding me about that. That, I believe, was on Rosh Chodesh. Now, what we do normally on Rosh Chodesh, we don't finish off of all that's seen allowed, so that uh, otherwise you'd have to say Kaddish, and there, and instead we um, bring back the Sivatara without a Kaddish, switch off, take off Rashi's and put a Raveda Tams, and then we start to say Kaddish and start off uh, Musaf. Now, this fellow had said the Kaddish well, you know, earlier than necessary, than appropriate. And yes, thank you. So that's a, supporting this idea that even though um, he shouldn't have been saying Kaddish then, and it was a whole whole um, confusion, but they never said to finish off. Although I don't know how far he had gone, but okay, that uh, we have certainly a psychological mindset up to support this. That once you've started, you, you finish the Kaddish. Thank you. Let's move on to the next point. Fascinating. As I'm in in the, the United States. It's about 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, whatever, in uh, New York. And I get a phone call from someone who is, he says, I'm traveling. This is on Monday. It's Air Rosh Chodesh. I'm traveling to Hong Kong via Japan. And so he's traveling across the Pacific. And he's, let's, he says about to get onto the plane. Let's say his plane, his, his departure is two o'clock. Now, since he's traveling along with the sun, he's going to have a very long afternoon. And it's going to remain light for most of the journey. And when by the time he lands in Japan, it's going to be nightfall. Now, because he's crossing the dateline, he will be going from, on, you know, it will be instead of Monday afternoon, by the time he lands in Japan, it will be Tuesday afternoon, actually Tuesday evening. So he will have missed out on Rosh Chodesh. He says, what do I do about Halil, about Musaf, etc.? So as I say, it was very much on the spur of the moment. And I was, I told him, I think that you, since you're going to a new day, you should daven again, um, Shachris, etc., and Musaf. But I said to him that the mumcha on this is actually Rabbi Leshes in Melbourne, who's done a lot of research, is the Rav of the Tzire, um, Yeshiva, whatever, the young Yeshiva, a minion. And I, right afterwards, I sent an email to Rabbi Leshes and asked him, how do they paskin? Now, I hadn't considered when I told him to daven Shachris again, you know what? It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's not going to get earlier. It's going to, he's traveling at two o'clock. Let's say it's going to, he, he's not going to get earlier in time. It'll be two o'clock, three o'clock, etc. It's not going to go back to Shachris time. So there was no reason for him to have to go back to Shachris. But, but he would, once he crosses the dateline, 
he would be able to uh, daven musaf, etc. So that's that's the all right. So now this is the, what happened on, on Monday, and then I'm going to share with you Rabbi Lesh's answer. Yeah. So here you go. He writes the consensus in Australia. Well, that's a other abono, I guess. That there's 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 the day there's the time of the day, and there is the date. So when you cross the date line is still the same day and therefore you don't have to do shachris again or mincha again it's still the same day but it's a different date so it will change from monday to tuesday it will change from to etc therefore in our instance he writes that he's traveled on erev rashchidesh and his and um erev rashchidesh so now uh, he would he would once he crosses the date line, it would become Rashkhaidish for him. And on that basis he would daven uh Mincha, he'd say Yalavyova at Mincha, we'd say Halel, he could have Musaf once he's crossed the date line. He says that's the majority of the Rabbanim in Melbourne who would say that you go by your current location. So once you're past the date line, there's a whole discussion where is the date line? But once you are satisfied that you cross the halacha date line, so at that point it becomes from Monday to Tuesday, and it becomes erushchodes becomes rushchodes, and you'll daven musaf and halal etc. However, Reb Chaim Svi Grona, son of the late Reb Yitzchak Grona, uh, says no, and he says you're bound by your original location, regardless of the fact that you've travelled across the date across the date line. And so, actually, Rabbi Graham Hansvi was in New York, and he posted this uh, guidance uh, on, on the, I guess, from the Australian Shluchim um, chat line, whatever it's called. And he says that those who are leaving on Monday night, which is Rosh Chodesh, and they will arrive on Wednesday. So he says that they should, they will keep American time. They'll still say Shachris and Yalav Yova, even if they cross the dateline in flight. This is based upon the Rebbe's Psak, that your, your, your day follows your point of origin until you have, um, arrive at your destination and disembark. Now, as, as the Rebbe Lesha says, the Rebbe's, uh, un, uh, Rebbe's answer in relation to his mother's travels. Now, the background to this, um, actually, I heard this years ago and subsequently I, I and i wrote it up and then subsequently after rabbi label Grona passed away they found in his archives his version of how he's well, you know he was there at the time so the story is the following that rabbi itzhak dovi Grona went to australia to live there as a shliach in a, around 1963 his wife had just given birth and as a result she wasn't ready to travel a uh, long journey and several months later she gets on a train from new york to los angeles and at in los angeles she gets onto a boat with her six kinderlach and at some stage she looks at the schedule of the boat arrival in sydney and it's going to be arriving on sunday which in american uh, days would be still Shabbos so 
this, this, so she had this dilemma. What's she going to do? She'll be, if, according to what her counting, that she'll be arriving on Shabbos, she'll have a problem of getting off the boat. So she sent a telegram to her husband, who contacted his brother. Her husband was in Melbourne, and he contacted his brother, Reb Label, who was in New York. And he asked the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told him to ask this row for uh, um, his take on it, another one. And the Rebbe wasn't satisfied. And the third one, I believe, was Rebbe Nachum Kasher, who had written extensively about the halacha dateline. And he uh, gave the following advice, which the Rebbe was happy with. And what, this was relayed to Mrs. Groner on the boat, the following guidance that once they have, once the captain announces they've crossed the dateline, they should try to get off the boat at a port, obviously, um, and disembark, if possible, to spend a night in in that location. If not, at least to have a, a meal, to sit down and to be kavua. Once they've once they've settled, so to speak, on the other side of the dateline. Then they can align themselves with the timing as in Australia rather than the timing of America, and they would be able to therefore be landing on Sunday rather than Shabbos. So what, what what's being understood from this is that if you haven't disembarked, you're still bound by your um, point of departure time, um, even though you've crossed the dateline. That's 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 the uh, that's where he's coming from. Now then. I'm going to share with you this I also heard from Rabbi Grana Oliver Shalom, and eventually Chaim Svish um, found this in the in his files, in father's files, and he shared this with me. Again, this is printed up in Nesiv Mr. volume Gimel. So this is a Isarusa de la Eilo. Rabbi Grana was in, Rabbi Icha Grana was in New York, and the Rebbe gives him such a Gives him a job. Yevare Psak Din Rav. himself was a great, an eminent Tamad Chochem, but I believe the Rebbe was referring to him to get a a more you know, a solid Psak. Get verify and get an, a decision of a Rav. Hanichnas Baviron Beyom Vov. One who enters a plane on a Friday. And the plane continues without a stop landing on ground. It's just continued, continues to fly. And you're still on the plane, it's still flying, and it's already now past sunset where you've left. What's the halacha? So let's say if we would take a plane in winter, or let's say a 10 o'clock flight. So this would arrive in in uh, New York, in New York time, let's say one o'clock, but in English time, it would be six o'clock. So in the winter, that would be well into Shabbos. And so everybody's asking, what is, what's the halacha? Are you allowed to travel in a way that before you land, it's already Shabbos in the place where you departed from? So this seems to be a similar approach that Although in your in real time, where you are now, it's not Shabbos yet, but you are still possibly bound by the Shabbos of where you left. At the time, Rabbi Grona did discuss this. This is Tov Shin Mem, approximately. He discusses this with Rabzalman Shimon Dvorakin, 
uh, who said that you shouldn't travel in such a way. Um, if you did, when you arrive at your destination, you're going to have to be Makabal Shabbos immediately, even though it's well before Plag HaMincham. That was Reb Zalma Shimon's Pesach. But meanwhile, what we're seeing here is an idea that you still maintain the status of your point of departure until you land. What I would just suggest, though, is that this is, you have the idea in in Gemara Psochim, in Mokim Shonagu, etc. There is such a concept that the that the stringencies of the your point of departure will de- apply until you become a local in, in a different location. I'm not sure whether that is a chumra or it is a, a hard and fast halacha. Would that be also used lakula? And therefore, I'm asking here. This is seems to be where Chaim Tzvi's Svora that you're bound by you're still a uh, an American time, and therefore it's Rosh Chodesh in his case until you until you land in in Australia um, because you're going going for I'm, I'm wondering whether that is just a, a luchumra or also and perhaps and therefore but if it's just luchumra then perhaps you should. You should say halal and you should say musaf because the ikir is you should go according to where you are. But as far as Shabbos is concerned, you should be machmir not to uh, not to take such a trip because of the chumra of perhaps you should be bound by the mokim yitzios. I'm not sure, but I'm, I haven't seen anything in writing about this from Rabbi Grona, but uh, I'm just wondering. And as you see that you got this, what Rabbi Shalashis is saying, the majority of the rabbanim there take the view you go according to the current location once you've crossed the dateline and so you'd you'd look at the real time um whereas we have that other opinion okay so if you are taking trips to australia crossing the dateline um ask your uh, ask a shyla before you do um more than half an hour before takeoff okay let's move on now here someone now we discussed this not long ago and I went at the Kinos on the Friday night. So a someone, a shliach in Manhattan, who does, uh, is doing a lot of activity of getting young people together. And, they, and now there's a big Osiris of getting tzitzis for, for the soldiers in Eretz Israel. And so he has 100, 150 people coming together in the um, putting in tzitzis. So one thing about to putting tzitzis in the evening, that's not a problem. Most most posts can say that's no problem to put in tzitzis at night. Um, what about women? So we've gone through this, that the al says the halacha is that it is kosher, it's a lechatchila, here's lechatchila, to do a svorah that women shouldn't be putting in tzitzis. Okay, so there was a svorah, which he also discussed with other abonim, if you have a man to, to do the first first uh, knots and the chulio, then the, the continuation could be done um, by women without any um, worry. What about children? So then, what we're seeing here is a, the way the Alta River presents this. According to this shishita, that women wouldn't be qualified to make tzitzis, therefore cotton also wouldn't be qualified, even if a godel is standing over there. But uh, which which tells us, according to the Psakalocha, which is the Ikir Hadin, 
that they would be qualified. And I, about Kavona, suspect that there's a god Gabo, then that would be uh, acceptable. So, all right. The, the, then he asked, what about Goyim? Now, yeah, why would Goyim want to put in Sitsis? So, uh, the, the reality is that in the crowd which is coming, some of them may be from non-kosher conversions, etc. They're not, so they're not Yidin Lahalocha, but they're still part of uh, coming to social groups, etc. And it's not always so easy to uh, to uh, to not allow them to be there. So would he be allowed to leave them to put in sitzes? And here the answer is no. What we're seeing here is that it says clearly a goy for put in sitzes. It's possible because putting in sitzes is like a mitzvah. Yeah, it says So not just the wearing of the sitzes, but the osulahem sitzes. Bnei Yisrael, yeah, Bnei Yisrael sitzes. Eden put in sitzes. Therefore, if a goy makes sitzes, that would not be okay. That's so. How is he going to deal with the diplomacy? That's I'll leave to him. He's a very wise person, and he'll manage that. Okay. Now, someone asked me a totally unrelated question to any of our discussion till now. He wanted, well, slightly related. He feels that he wants to support her at Israel at this time, and he has some money which he wants to put in uh, by Israeli bonds. And he's asking, is there a Shiloh of Ribis? So, uh, I guess the bonds is you buy you you buy a bond and in time it would mature and uh, increase in value. So is that a question of of ribis? So what he 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 dug up a letter. I told him to inquire. He dug up a letter from Rebbeinu Meir Chai Uziel, who was the Sfardish Ravaroshi. Uh, this is going back in Tovshinyad base in 1952, and well, I, I found this letter, I did a search on it, and I found it in uh, published in the Hamora Journal. So he's talking about the the uh, Storis Milve. The the bond is a kind of a, a loan which is being sold in America, lo loans for the Israeli government. So he says actually it's not a it's not a loan as such. It's, it's colloquially known as, as a loan, but actually it's actually a partnership. You're going a uh, you, you're entering into a partnership, investing together with them, and um, that's what the, the bond is. Um, it goes into details about this, and therefore you are buying a share in a business which is generating an income, therefore you are entitled to get a return on that. It's a partnership, it's not a loan. However, he says, nevertheless, it was instituted through the Ministry of Religion, that, that all of the bonds will be under under the terms of Heter Iska, as is in all the Jewish banks in Eretz Israel, that they are um, done with the guidance of Heter Iska, which is a way which is that the investments are seen as investments and not as loans, and uh, therefore the, 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 the bonds are subject to Heter Iska. So it's, it's okay. Right. Let's move. Let's see. Someone's asking. So a batch of this is where there would be an issue with Goyim having made them kosher, called the Porsche. That's a very interesting question. Um, can you rely on Roy? So let's say if you have a, a, a lots of mezuzahs and one of them is possible and you don't know which one it is, can you rely on Roy? There's a whole question because Roy is only for Bittel of Isurim. But does Roiv help to make a, a mitzvah? 
can you does, does it make a mezuzah kosher? That's that's a question which is discussed in Poskim, and they're not so keen about it. Okay, let's move on. Um, so someone, one of our listeners, is asking a few things about davening, and the first one is about l'shem yichud. In other sidurim, as in particularly nusach sfard, as in lechsidish nusach, you have l'shem yichud before every mitzvah, such as l'shem yichud before tzitzis and before tefillin, before kriya, and maybe before lulav and before sfirah soime. And in our sidur, those they're not there. But we do have a l'shem yuchud, which they don't have, and that is before Baruch Shama. And so what is the ex explanation for all of this? I think it would be interesting to ask, just the Yidim between you know, the Shtibel, ask, what does it actually mean, this l'shem yuchud kutshablich A bit shat obviously. Well, what, what are you exactly trying to say? This is Jose Poshat, yeah? But meanwhile, here what you have here on the screen is from the Kutasichas, and this is a sicha about the policy of the Alter Rebbe in uh, the Siddur Bichlal. It's particularly, if I'm not mistaken, it's talking about the Rosh Hashanah, the preparation for Tkiyas. But meanwhile, it's an overall understanding of what's the Alter Rebbe's policy in the Siddur. So he, let's read this carefully. So he says, in Sifri Kabbalah, it's written that before every mitzvah, before performing a mitzvah, you should say you're doing this to create a yichud of various levels of godliness. And Mary, Mary Sadurim, this is published to be said before every mitzvah. And we find amazing in Alter Rebbe Siddur, there is no l'shem yichud before every mitzvah. But on the other hand, it's been inst in, in, installed to be said every day before Baruch Shama. So there is written elsewhere. This is in the mind of the Rebbe Rashab that we say once a day, and we have in mind also with that with the Yitzhak were all the mitzvahs of the day. But the question is, if if we're saying Yichud is a hanhogia, which is shaykhus to most of us, so why isn't it put there? And if Yichud is a little bit too kabbalistic from us, so we don't understand what we're saying, so why is it there before Baruch Shama? And so here, the Rebbe comes along with a very, going, what he'd said earlier in this, in this Sicha, a very interesting uh, approach. Almost like you'd say the Gavra and the Chefsa. And he's saying that although the Gavra, the individuals, may not be uh, on par to understand all the Kavonas of the Arizal, or Kabbalah the Kavonas, but the Chefsa, the Siddha which they're using, is, 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 it, is in tune with all of these Kavonas. And therefore, when you're using this, you are using this Nusach and this Siddur, you're connecting with those Kavonas, even though you're not necessarily mindful of those Kavonas. That's more or less uh, what the Rebbe is saying over there. And having said that, the Rebbe says, takes it one step further. But the Alter Rebbe is of the opinion that one should say the Shem Yuchud at least once a day, and that will have the influence of the L'Shem Yichud for all the, for all the mitzvahs done during that day. It's not Shove L'Chol Nefesh. It's not, um, it's not, it's not reachable or it's not suitable for most of us to have the L'Shem Yichud Kavona for every mitzvah during the day. But we should at least, when it comes the moment of davening, and it's the beginning of the day, 
and just before then you know, it's just before Borshama. After that, you're not allowed to interrupt. So before Borshama, just before going to Borshama. So at that point, we insert the Lashem Yechud, but that should that's a moment of focus to a degree. And that should be the Lashem Yechud for the whole day. That's the whatever uh, on this. Okay. Let's move on. The next question he has was about the Psukim before and after Maimachorinim. What's the relevance of those Psukim? Now, the Fosik before is a Fosik from Eoiv, Zechelik, Adam Rosha, Meli, Kim, and Nachras, Imre, Mikhail. Now, the, the, the concept here is, and some people don't say this, but in Art Nusuk it's there. It's as if to give Clipper a little bit, like you throw a bone to the dog and keep the dog happy. So there is this idea of washing and that water is a kind of a unique, giving a little gleaning to Clipper and let them have this, this little bit and not, 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 not interfere any anymore. The words Chelek Odom Rosho, Rosho Tevis, spell Aleph Chesresh, and the washing of Acher. And so this is a, a, a unique Fusitra Acher, which we discussed before. There's the Sikhs of the Fede Kerebe mentioned about not using a silver dish for the pouring of the Maim Achroinim. You don't want to, on the contrary, it's a, it's a, low, it's a lowly thing. It's, it's, it's giving to Clippers, so you don't make it fancy. Um, so that's the Posuk before. The Posuk after, I did not see an explanation, but it's fairly evident that, and this is also an interesting question, is Vayadabe Eli connected to Mayim Achroinim? And if, if for whatever reason you're not able to do Mayim Achroinim, you don't have any water. But you, I've, it doesn't seem to be a Svara that has to be Dafka connected to Mayim Achroinim. It's just, um, it's saying that this table is a, shul, it's a shulchan of Hashem. Possibly it is related that once we've kind of given uh, the the gleaning for Sitra Achra, and now the table is a shulchan of Hashem, it's a table before Hashem. Uh, and so in other words, to bring out the, the Kedusha and the Avedis Hashem of, the, of this table. Okay, now let's, uh, once, since we've come on to discussing this, I want to share you with you something very, very interesting. So we have here a posuk in in Yechezkel. Now you know the Cheskel has a, uh, a vision, and he has a, a malach who gives him a guided tour of the future base amigdosh of the third base amigdosh. And he's shown the mizbeach. The wooden mizbeach is stands three amas high. It's two amas um, tall. And it's got corners. Um, it's all made of wood. So this is where this posuk is from. The posuk in before my after my achronim, you can see it's from Yechezkel Mem Aleph Chavbeis. So the Gemara in several places, but here we have from Baruchas Dachnun Hey. So he says the following. Um, it says there the various activities which are, are uh, merit Arichis Yomim. Um, long life. So Hamarech al Shulchan, one who spends a long time at his table. What's the merit in that? Possibly a poor person will come and there's food at the table. So you'll give them some food from your table. Where do we see that there's a merit in, in your, your table and uh, hosting, etc.? 
And then it says, Vayida Belai, Hashem, and the Malach says to me, This is the table to Hashem. So Posach be Mizbeach, Vasim be Shulchan. So the Posach starts off talking about a Mizbeach, and then it switches, it says, Shulchan. So how do you reconcile that? Says Rabbi Yechanan Rabbi Lozor, when the Beis Habikdash is standing, so the Mizbeach mechapal Yisrael. Then the Mizbeach is a source of, uh, of atonement. Now that we don't have a Mizbeach, we don't have the base of Mikdosh, so the table is an atonement. Very nice. So we have here that the, I know that somewhere elsewhere it says about the, look at the table, but the Poshta Pshat the Gemara here is, it's an opportunity of, of, of hosting a poor person, giving them food. Meanwhile, what we're seeing here is, that the Mizbeach is, how do you say, is substituted for by the Shulchan. The table is, uh, is, is a substitute for the for Mizbeach. Now, I want to share with you a fascinating insight. Look at the Rambam over here. In the Rambam in Hilchus Beis Abchira, Perik Beis. Talks about the Mizbeach, and towards the end of the chapter, he writes that the exact dimensions of a Mizbeach are not totally imperative, that the minimum size of a Mizbeach would be the Amo al-Amo, a square Amo, Beroim Sholish Amos, in the height of three Amos, which is the area of the Mekoim HaMarocha, where the fire would be on the Mizbeach in the Midbar. So the Mizbeach in the altar in the Midbar, in the desert, was five Amos square. The corners, which jutted out, were an Amo square, and then there's a pathway for the Koyanim to be able to walk around. So the actual fire area was just one armor square. It also says in Chumash, like it says over here, about the Mizbeach being three armors high. Although Chazal learned that that's only the upper half of the Mizbeach, there was lower half, and the Mizbeach stood a total ten armors high. But meanwhile, the way it's written literally in the Postal is the Mizbeach is three armors high. So what we're seeing is the minimum Mizbeach is an armor by an armor by three armors. Now, Anyone who's familiar with anything about the mikvah knows that the smallest mikvah is an amo al amo al is three cubic amo, and so the smallest mizbeach is the size of a the, the smallest mikvah, which is not a surprise because the mizbeach, as the Rambam in the beginning says, that the earth um, for the formation of Odom was taken. From uh, this place of the Mizbeach, Odo So the Mizbeach is to atone for a person. And so it makes sense that the size of the minimum size of the Mizbeach is the size of the um, dimensions of, which accommodate a person. So one, the Mizbeach atones for the person. Now, here's a very interesting thing. The Shulchan in the, in the base of Mikdash, in the way it's described in Pashas Trumo, measures one ammo by two amos, and it's one and a half amos high. I'm not going to go to Holorichas, but of course those who've got their mathematic heads screwed on now. One by two by one and a half equals three. So the overall dimensions of the of the Shulchan are also, if you had wanted to make a mikvah to fit in the uh, the Shulchan, you'd, if you'd make it one and a half amas deep, one by two amas, 
it would be a kosher mikveh, be containing three cubic amo, and the shulchan would fit in. So you've got the shulchan, the, the also is the same size of a mikveh. So what we're seeing, a fascinating thing is that the shulchan substitutes for the mizbeach. We say that now we don't have a base of mikdash, the shulchan substitutes for the mizbeach, and the, the, the uh, dimensions of the of the shulchan in the base of in the mishkan uh, are are the same as a sheer mikveh, which is the same as a shear of the mizbeach. And so it makes sense that the one substitutes for the other. Um, not Nigel Hadochem, but fascinating. Right, one last thing about this So this is the safest. I think is a little bit before the Alter Rebbe's time. Not, 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 not too much earlier. And he's quoting from the Yarizal. And here he actually says to say the psukim of Avorcho, etc., after my Machreinu. We don't follow that. Maybe that's because of Heschadas, interruption. But meanwhile, he says you should say the posse of Aidabe Eli and then go straight into, um, into benching. And he says he the impression from the Kisvi Arizal is Aidabe Eli, Zerashulchon, is only said when it's said Bezimun. I did. I, my little uh, little research, I did not see that Bashmoas and Bepashtas, but certainly doesn't say such a thing. And we say that also when we're benching alone. Um, one thing which I did pick up whilst I was um, dabbling tonight was a story that someone, uh, Reb Chaim Vital says, he was he was there in the presence of his Rebbe, of the Arizal, and someone came along and he said that he's been suffering pain in his shoulder. So the Arizal said to him, it looks like that you have been interrupting between um, between the Tirs Yadayim of my Machroinim and, and your benching. He was learning Mishnayis at the table. He would wash my Machroinim, say a paint Mishnayis, and then bench. And he says, you have the Loshan Tekef from Tirs Yadayim Brocha. The word Tekef, which means immediate, is the same Loshan, the same letters as the word Kosek, which means the shoulder. So this is the background for this these few lines over here that because he was neglecting the Indian of Tekef, therefore he was he was uh, suffering pain in his shoulder, and um, by being careful about this would be to take away this his pain in the shoulder. Right, let's move on. Okay, so then the next question he had was about the la after Halil. So we have now let's go back to that previous slide. Uh, okay, so we have in. He has two questions about Halil. One is about the word Al. What is the... This word Al is put in brackets. So why is it... If it's in, if it shouldn't be said, why is it there? Um, he mentions about... The person's writing to me about, about the Vashomru, that the Alter Rebbe put it in to be uh, to placate the uh, grandson of the Baditshava. Um, I just want to, on a, on a historical note, I've heard the story many times in various versions and various Hasidic uh, uh, groups. This story is told, whether it's this anical, that anical, um Just got a little bit of news for you. The Alter Rebbe publishes his Siddur in the year Tovkov Samach Gimel. Well, that's the print which we have. And Vashomru is there. Um, the Hasana with the Baditshiva, with the Baditshiva's grandsons, is several years later. The Zhlobin etc. There were two Hasnas. 
and they were much several years after the Siddur was published. Therefore, to say that the Alter Rebbe inserted Vashamru to placate his Mechutu noise, whatever it is, it's simply historically not true. Um, the the conversation may have been, why did the Alter Rebbe say not to say Vashamru? And so the Alter Rebbe says, but you can't because the Vashamru becomes a whole Yarid Lamaila becomes a whole uh, celebration. And the Alter Rebbe says, Nitafala, you didn't care before, and you can't go to every fair and every 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 uh, celebration. So, and the Alter Rebbe didn't want to say, uh, didn't want to say the Vashamra because of a hefsik, etc. So they, 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 they to say that it was because of an interaction with someone and to placate them. That's just, uh, that's why he put it in. That's not true. Um, all right, but meanwhile, come back to our main question: things which are in the Alter Rebbe Siddur, the late Reb Shua Monshen, uh, once wrote to me, he had this list of six or eight places where there's a word in brackets. And now we have a Moshul Altosir, Loisosur, we have etc. So this is one of those places where we have a bracket in the Alter Rebbe You have also in Pirkei Ovis, Rebeloza Ben Chismo, Rebeloza Chismo. What's the significance of these brackets? So let's read these words. All of your creations shall praise you. Or they shall praise you for all what you have wrought. Both are legitimate messages. And okay, we can only choose one or the other. Possibly the brackets are there to be aware that there's another pshat. It's okay, it's shivim ponim la So there's one way we're going to do gula maisa, but it's okay to know that there's another pshat, which is also perhaps relevant even for shabbal chol nefesh, to know that there's another pshat. So for example, v'chein shnei so v'chan. So although there may be in, in, in the original Torah's koyanim, is v'chan shnei chsuvim, and the, okay, so there, there, there's an explanation that there it means in the original place, in Torah's Koenim, the V'chan Shnei fits better. And yet in Poshtapshat, when you're davening, the V'chan doesn't fit because there's no V'chan. You're not, you're not, it's not a commentary on a Chumash or anything. And therefore, it's it's said as V'chan Shnei that's, that's okay. Uh, and so on. Um, I know that, for example, on Toltani Rucha, so that's not for the Alter Rebbe. On to, there, there's a Nusach Unotolasni from the Tzemach Tzedek. Okay, so possibly these are added there for a person who's a little bit more uh, understanding to understand. Okay, there's the there's a way which we're going to say lamaisa, but also you should know that there's another way of, of reading it, etc. Um, I'm going to read here a couple of the um, comments in the chat. So Naftali is saying, I thought it was because of his friendship with Rabbi Yitzchak who defended who defended the Alter Rebbe independent of them being mechotanim. Um, if if not this, why should it be included at all? So, um, all right. The Alter Rebbe does bring it because it was possibly, he doesn't even say you shouldn't say it. What he says is that he puts it there and most Chassidim do say it. He says, if you don't say you don't say you don't say either. He kind of leaves it a little bit uh, a little bit open. Um very, very interesting. I, I'm, I'm just saying this uh, off the cuff kind of thing. Coming back to what we had earlier this evening about this Kele Rechapayim. Because here, this is inconsistent. The list over here, which dates not to say Kele Rechapayim, is inconsistent 
with the list which is before Lamnatzer of days when you don't say Tachnon. And Rabbi Tuvia is and he's suggesting that the Rebbe is presenting there's this option, and later he says, well, Minex Fard is another option. It's it's possible that the Alter Rebbe would present, um, I know, we don't understand this, possibly, but possibly the Alter Rebbe would, would allow you to know that there's two options. And okay, so you have the Harchavas HaMoichin. This is the way we're doing it. But you know that there are others, and they're, you know, they're, they're also uh, part of... Uh, of Claudius Royal, etc. Um, I once heard a very nice shot. It was when Eden crossed the the Yamsuf. So they go through twelve tunnels, and there's the the uh, the um, Medrash says that the the, tun- the walls of the tunnels were were clear like glass. You can see. So why was it important that they should see the other t- uh, the people in the other tunnels? So this is not all about Shavuot. We're saying there's 12 tunnels and there's going each one in a different tunnel. But you know, you're going in your tunnel, you'll get to the destination. They're going in a different tunnel, but they're also going to get to the same destination. Um, that's why you have to know that there are other tunnels. Yeah, other hidden in other tunnels. It's okay, it's legitimate. Um, the other point which he's asking asking is about the Vavrom Zokain and Zvodya Yishmureni. Now, I think we've gone through this before, that the name is Zvodya is the idea of um, Hashem carrying your your package, your burden. So the Zion is from the word Zokin, and the base is from the word Bo, and the Dal that somehow comes the word Yomim with a Mem and Dal, etc. And so we honorus Chodesh, we mentioned in this Posuk, and it's uh, a school of Arichas Yomim. And we, we add this Loshan. His question was, do we say first the Posuk three times and then the the uh this filler afterwards or do we say it all in one go and what i have in my notes uh i saw this evening is that they ask fardish which say say the posuk three times and then say this uh, once um whereas in hayoim yoim so we have this lotion of um sorry so what does the hayoim yoim added to what's written in the siddha but it says calls So there's a, uh, a recent publication of called Yom Yom Hamavur. He wants to say this is the very point in which he wants to confirm, unlike those who think who say that you should first say the posuk three times and then say the lachash three times. No, it says calls where it is. So say the to say the posuk and the zvodiyashmerin to say it three times. Um, in other words, say the two pieces. Um, one after the other, and then to say that again, the two pieces one after the other, only in all three times. Okay, with that, we'll finish for tonight. I wish you all, we should have a good avoch, and we should hear Besuris Tevis and Arichas Yomim and Geula. We should see a Yeshua from Eden in uh, captivity uh, in, in in Aza, and we should see all uh, the soldiers come out and come home safely. And uh, we should see a good old Shlaim of the Mashiach Sikain of Mahiri or Menu Mamish. A good of 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 a good